So we've been talking about uh, the pastor and the people, the reciprocal relationship that we have. Amen. We started off in Galatians 6 and 6. We talked about how the pastor and the people, there's a reciprocal relationship. Amen. Between the pastor and the people. We talked about, and what we've been talking about is the position of the pastor. I told you that the pastor is a preacher of the church. Amen. The pastor is sent by God to restore, to rebuild, to revive, to renew the lives of the people. Amen. And one of the things that we have to appreciate, amen, I told you that we all have relationships, right? We have relationships with our doctors. We have relationships with our lawyers. We, we have relationships with our bankers. But have you ever thought about your relationship to your pastor? Amen. It's an important relationship, right? Uh, this relationship goes with you into eternity. Amen. Because your pastor prepares you for where you're going. Amen. Uh, amen. He prepares you for earth, but he prepares you, amen, to go to heaven. Amen. And so that's the reason why I believe that the relationship needs to be one that's healthy. So let's get into that, into it today. We're still talking about the pastors and the position of pastor. Amen. And so I told you he's an evangelist. He is to reach the loss. Amen. I told you he is to reach the who? The lost. Amen. And he is to um, feed the sheep and evangelize the goats. Amen. We talked about that. When we talk about the relationship between the pastor and the people, um, we looked at First Peter chapter 5 last week. I told you that in 1 Peter chapter 5, the context was trials, suffering. And what Peter did is he writes in the context of suffering to a people who had suffered for a very long time injustice, trials, circumstances, being uh, being profiled, if you would, and what Peter writes, he writes to the leaders in chapter 5, and he says to the leaders, he said, listen, make sure you shepherd the church correctly. Pastors have a responsibility. Don't ever think that the pastor is exempt from responsibility. He, he has not only a responsibility, but he also has an accountability, an accountability to God. So just in case you're like, well, you know, he's getting away with this or he's getting away with that. Here's the thing. He has an accountability. That accountability that he has is with God. Amen. Listen, God is real. Are you with me? Not, not only is God's, God real, amen, God, amen, keeps the man of God, amen, if he's a true man of God, amen, uh, he keeps him in a relationship of accountability, all right? I believe that the pastor has to live his life, amen, a certain way 
that it lines up with the word of God. Now, he's not perfect. So, therefore, yes, he will make mistakes. Amen. He will have things going on in his life also that causes him, amen, to examine himself. He may stumble in some things. Amen. So, what I say to you today just like you don't know if your doctor really graduated from college. Come on, somebody. Because somebody, the insurance company, referred you to them. Amen. Don't you go scrutinizing the pastor. Come on, somebody, and help me, will you? Amen. Just because you have a feeling. Are you with me? Amen. And so trust if God has placed you under his leadership. That you have a responsibility, amen. We're going to get to all that. We're going to get to the people's, uh, you know, responsibility. But right now we're talking about the pastor's responsibility. But understand this, his main job is to teach. His main job is to feed. His main job is to protect. You know, it is to protect, it's to, it's to feed, it's to guide, it's to protect, amen. And so, so if, you, if you have your Bibles, go to the book of Acts for me. Acts chapter 20, I want to look at something. I want to continue there. He watches, he protects, he guides, he rules. Watch this, in a self-sacrificing love. Amen. The, 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 the word for pastor is poimian in the, in the Greek, and, and it indicates a pastor shepherd. Amen. He's a pastor shepherd. It simply implies that he not only leads but he instructs, he corrects, come on somebody, he sets things straight. Now, the person who does not appreciate accountability, come on somebody, or correction, will see that, oh, the pastor's doing too much. Are you with me? But his job is not to get into your business but his job when you come to the local body is to straighten out those things in your life. Oh, man, I thank God that he gave us a visible representation on earth of himself through the pastor. Are you with me? Now, listen, it, it, look at Acts for me. Acts chapter 20. Amen. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. Amen. Paul is sailing um, he, had, he had fallen to a situation where they were shipwrecked to Miletus. Amen. But watch this. Before they got on the boat, on the ship, Paul told them, y'all, we shouldn't be doing this right now. what they do? <laughs> Amen. He told them, he said, listen, y'all, just stay still. You know, just stay still. We're going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right, okay? But y'all got to stay still. And what they do? They panicked. See, here's the thing. If you already have a made-up mind, you may not want to be pastor. Come on, help me now. Amen. And, and it's the pastor's job to protect you from danger. 
But you know what I always say? I always say this. I say this in parenting. You have to want to be saved. Amen. You, you, may, you, you, may, you must want to be protected. Because, see, I may want to protect you, but you don't want protection yourself. Look what he says here in verse 17. It says, from Miletus he, set, he, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the what? The elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you yourself know that the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time. Verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility. And what? And what? And tears. And with what? Trials. Which come upon me through the plots of the Jews. Got to tell you this. The pastor's job is hard, y'all. Because sometimes we're pastoring through tears. I'm going to tell you, 15 years, I've cried a few times. Amen. I've had to do it. Amen. With a broken heart at times. I wish I had somebody. Listen, we want to be tough. We don't want to see pastors tough. But can I tell you something? I am tough. Amen. But I'm also tender. Amen. I'm also a man. Amen. Who who is trying to live this life just like you're trying to live this life. And there are times in pastoring, I, I, I pastor pastors, I train pastors, right? And I tell them all, we have this conversation all the time, sometimes this job can come with so much trials, so much temptation, and so much trouble that it moves you to tears. I've cried in the last 15 years. I've, I've had my moments. But I thank God. Amen. That I did not shrink from doing what I need to do. Amen. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest with the members. Amen. I'm not trying to, amen, to make you feel good all the time. If I have to tell you the truth, I'm going to tell you the truth. You may not like it, amen, but here's the bottom line. I know it's for your good. Are you with me? See, the problem with parenting sometimes is we lie to our kids. We think we're protecting them. Come on now. Come on now. But you got to give them every now and then. No, no you got to give them truth, but you got to give them a dose of reality every now and then. So that they understand that life is not what they think it is. It's the same thing with pastoring. In preaching, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you a dose of reality. Appreciate that, will you? Because there's a lot of people who, who are not doing that today. They would rather make you feel good all the time. Rather than cause you to deal with the reality of your situation. Amen. You can say ouch, amen, or thank you anytime you feel like it. Amen. Look what he says next. He says, how I did not shrink, even though he had tears and trials and temptations and troubles. He says, I didn't shrink from declaring to you what? 
anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly from house to house. See that? Paul says, I had trials, I had tears, but I want to help somebody with something. The main thing the pastor has to stick to is not a social event, but teaching. He has to make sure that he stands flat-footed and keep on teaching the Word of God. Listen, I'm not talking about teaching ideas. I'm not talking about teaching ideologies. I'm not talking about teaching things that, that just you know come from the world. I'm talking about teaching the Word of God. You and I need, when we sit in church, to hear a word from God. Amen. Not a commentary about the word of God. Are you with me? Look what he says. Look what he says next. He says, I was teaching y'all. I had trials. I had tears. I had troubles. I was tired. But guess what? I kept on teaching. That's why Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, he was telling Timothy, listen, at any moment, at any time, you have to be ready to present the word. It's the word that changes us. Amen. If we want to change a society, listen, what, what do you think? Let, let me tell you about the king in Congo. Amen. Many, many years ago, many, many moons ago. Amen. This one missionary went to Congo. He went there and he went into the city and the, the, the foreigners were coming in and bringing tobacco and liquor and that kind of stuff to the village. And the thing about it was this, that the king realized, the chief, he realized something. He realized that the more the Westerners came in, the worse the people got. And so this missionary went to Congo. Amen. And, and, and in a bold attempt, he began to witness to this community. Amen. That was being westernized and being, uh, you know, modernized, if you would. And he started teaching and preaching. And, 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 and one by one, he finally got to the king, and he, to the chief, and, and eventually the whole village was saved. They got rid of the alcohol. They got rid of the tobacco. And they began to rise and grow and live a Christian life. All because one man made a decision that he was going to go and bring the greatest news ever. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Why did I bring that point up? If you can change a whole village with teaching, can we not change a whole nation with preaching and teaching? Can we not change a people? But we have to get the suspicions and the sarcasms and the bad rep that we feel some of us about the man of God. Are you with me? I'm not saying you. I'm just saying that what has happened today is it's kind of like what's happened in our country now. Not all cops are bad. 
Amen. Right? Not all pastors are bad. But if you take, you know, the majority of them and and if they're doing bad, it, it reflects on the guy on the little guys like me. Amen. Where people somehow feel like all pastors fall into this category. Let me tell you something. I believe this. I believe that if you submit your life to Jesus Christ and put yourself under the under the leadership of a pastor, try it. I'm talking about for real. Your life will never be the same. I believe that if you really believe what he says and then apply it to your life, that you will become what God wants you to become. Because God does not make mistakes. But I want you to feel what some pastors feel. Tears. Come on. Trials. Troubles. Temptations. Backbiting. Amen. Backstabbing. Amen. And some people use the church as their platform for mess. That's why the pastor is there to teach it out. Look what he says. Verse 21. He says, Solomon testified to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God. Look at this. Look at his message. And faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, bound in spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Paul is, he's basically a prisoner. Not basically, he is a prisoner. He's heading to Rome, to Jerusalem, and he doesn't even know if he's going to survive when he gets there. But yet he stayed committed. What caused Paul to stay so committed to this? I believe, I believe this. I believe what the scripture says. Look what it says here in verse 23. Except the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city saying what? Bonds of affliction await me. Hmm. But I do not consider my life on any account as dear to myself. Watch this now. So that I may what? Finish. See, you can't be a pastor if this is all about you. So many pastors today, they want creature comforts. They want to be waited on. They want to be served. They want to be pumped up and all that. Paul said, listen, man, I got to, I know what the, see, here's the thing. If you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, then you don't know which direction to take the church. And I believe that that's where the Lord steps in and he trains the pastor, amen, where and how to take the church in what direction to take them because the Holy Spirit knows what awaits us. Are you with me? And so when the man of God is presenting the word of God, pay attention. Amen. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, Look what he says. He says, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course. Watch this now. And the ministry 
which I receive. Let, let, me, let me help somebody with something. Quit playing. This ministry was not given to me by man. What a, what a, well, look at the scripture. He says, so that I may finish the course, the ministry that I received from who? From who? From the Lord Jesus. So are you saying to me, pastor, that you're pastoring because God gave you the ministry? Jesus gave you the ministry? Yes. And this is why it's so important for you to understand your position. Understand your role as a member and how to assist the pastor in the ministry that Jesus has given him to oversee. Watch this. And here's how you know you got a good pastor. He hangs in there through tears, trouble, trials, backbiting, whatever, whatever, whatever. He hangs in there because he understands I'm not preaching to the people or for the people but I'm preaching because I have a purpose, come on somebody, that God has appointed me as the pastor in this church. See, when you know that and you're confident of that, you're not going to worry about what people say. That's my encouragement to you pastors that are listening. Watch this. He says, the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify solemnly of the what? The gospel of grace. And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you this day, I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Watch this now. Be on guard for yourself. And for all the flock, he's talking to the elders now. See how he shifts? He shifts from making it personal to now making it public, right? And he's and he's making it to he's speaking to all these pastors here. And look what he says to them. He says, "Be on guard." Because mm-hmm. if you look at verse one, you see verse seventeen. He calls the elders, right? Context. Verse twenty-seven. Now he gets to verse twenty-eight. He gets to his point. He says, "Be on guard." See, the pastor has to be on guard at all times. It's crazy. I have to be on guard at all times. All times. You know why? Because Satan doesn't want to keep the good pastors together. Amen. He doesn't want to keep the ones who've decided to stand for truth together. No, 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 no. He wants to destroy them. How is he going to destroy them? He's going to try through their fa- through his family. Come on. Through his faith, through his finances. Come on, somebody. He'll try through putting difficult members in the church. Amen. All of that. He will try to dismantle the man of God, but I thank God that his attempts cannot cannot prosper. Why? Because the gates of hell shall not prosper against the church. Are you with me? Watch what he says now. He says, be on guard for yourself and for all of the flock. So he says that he received the ministry. Right? From the Lord Jesus. Watch the text now. But look what he says next. He says, be on guard for yourself and for all the flock too. 
among which the Holy Spirit has made you. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You better quit playing. Touch not my Y'all going to finish that statement? Do my prophet. Why? Why? He says that the Holy Spirit, first of all, Jesus gave him the, 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 the church. The Holy Spirit made him. When people, this is why in Galatians 6, 6, when it says God is not mocked. And I told you that when you hold back from the man of God, you're mocking God. Watch this. Watch this now. It's because you're dealing with the Holy Spirit's work. The Holy Spirit is the one who places the pastor. You know, people say, you, you know, they got these pastor search committee and all this other stuff. It's the Holy Spirit that appoints the man of God as overseer, shepherd. Watch what he says now. You got to catch the words here. Has made you overseer, overseers to shepherd the church of God. But you better act like a sheep. Which he purchased. See. With his own blood. Let, let me say this. Some people ain't come back. They good with being at home. Some people have already developed a routine that they're going to watch later. And Listen, church to them is nothing no more. But I'm going to tell you something. I feel sorry for you. This church was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's precious. And that's why the doors are still open. That's why we're still rising above all of whatever's going on in society. But the church has to do its part. The people have to do their part. The pastor has to do his part. But can I say this to you this morning? This church was purchased. Man, I don't even think we can, I don't even think you can put a price on it. We want bigger buildings and we want more classrooms and we want more better facilities and all this other stuff. But it's already been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you're messing with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the blood of Jesus. So in between now and then, ask yourself a question. Am I really being shepherd? Do I want to be shepherd? See, and here's how you know it's of God. It remains. 15 years. Anything of God will last. Like I said, I keep saying it. I'm not perfect. Amen. But I thank God that the blood of Jesus Christ covers me. 
The Holy Spirit knew what he was doing when he made me. Listen, I like to do a lot of things. I like business. I like technology. You know, but at, at the end of the day, all of that, all of that comes second. See what I'm saying? I love my family. I love my wife. I love my kids. I, you feel what I'm saying? I love my church. I love the people of God. See what I'm saying? And see, here's the thing. I thank God that I know he made me the overseer. You know why? Because back in the day, I couldn't love nobody but self. And thank God that he's given me the capacity to love even people who can't stand me. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. I love you. Amen. I'm going to be merciful to you as my father has been merciful to me. Look what he says. He purchased it. Bought and paid. We have the deed to the church. By the blood of Jesus Christ. This church thing is real, y'all. But look at verse 29, though. This is why he tells them to, to shepherd. Pull out that rod. Shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He feeds. He leads. He guides. He heals. He releases. Come on, somebody. But if you're not in a position... Of humility to receive. If you think you know more than in the past. Because you've grown a little bit. And I want you to. You know I want people to grow and leave this church. I do. I'm talking about leave the church and go out and become pastors and missionaries. And, 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 and all of that. Doctors and lawyers and politicians and all that. Police officers. Every, every, all that. For real. But I want you to keep a biblical worldview when you go out there. And if you can go and affect change and infect somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just be like them. That's my goal. It's so that you can multiply. But when you feel, you know, it's like your mama house, you know, when you feel like you're too grown. <sighs> then meantime, go. See? I don't know how I got there, but I just got there. Look, look at verse 29. He says, I know. You know one of the tragedies? <laughs> you know one of the tragedies that I saw in my first church? After my pastor died, everybody scattered. Except for a few, maybe five or six people. Everybody just scattered. Different churches, different beliefs. They went to other churches. They went to churches that you were like, wow, pastor didn't teach that. Some people just waiting for a break. Come on now. They're saving face because of their loyalties. But the question is, do you really believe in me? Do you re really believe in the message that I preach to you every week? Come on, I'm trying to make this personal right now. See, because what I'm really trying to do is protect you. But the tragedy is if something happens to me, will you scatter? 
Or will you stay together as a church? And will you stand with, on, on the gospel of Jesus Christ and continue the work for another 15 years, for another 30 years, for another 60 years to come? For the next generation, this church ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere, and that's Ebonics. Look what he says. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in. Not sparing the what? Uh-huh. From among you. I'm sorry. Not sparing the flock and from among your own selves. This, this, is, this is what I'm trying to, trying to not happen here at the Vision Church. From among your own selves, men will r- arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. In other words, start their own church. Therefore, be on the alert. Remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one of you with tears. What Paul was saying to the people, don't forget what I taught you. Sometimes you, I know you say amen, but do you really believe it? Are you really, are you, are you going to, are you going to apply? You're saying amen every week, but is your life changing? So that when the savage wolves come in, when temptation comes in your life, you won't fall apart. You won't go after strange things or strange fires.